to Texas, people moving to Georgia. Uh, yeah. Anywhere like in the South, especially if you're a touring comedian, if you're a touring comic, it doesn't really matter where you live at Vegas. Like you can live anywhere because you're touring. If yeah. you're not oh. it doesn't really matter. That's crossed my mind too. You're like, at what point do I just say, you know what? I'm going to live in Tucson, Arizona, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. where I can pay $500 a month in mortgage and just tour forever. Yeah, I mean, you know, not even just that. If you're making money off your podcast, if you're making mm-hmm. money off social media, like... Oh, if I had a Tim Dillon couple of years, for sure. Yeah. Like, it makes sense when Tim Dillon was like, I'm moving to Texas. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, he would have moved to Texas without a pandemic. You know, like... Everything he needed to have happen happened when he came to L.A. But I don't think any of it happened because he was in L.A. It just all happened at that time. Yeah. yeah but you doing good? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, you know, surviving out here, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, the unemployment gods have helped <laughs> a lot of people out. A lot of people. I won't say who. But. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait. Wait. So you got unemployment? I, not anymore, but I got it at a, at a point I had it. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point did you have let go of it? Where you're like, you know what? It's time I let go of unemployment. It's been good to me, but. Um, I think it, it ran out when it ran out. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was one of those things like I've, I've worked my I've worked pretty much since like with the 11th or, 11th or 12th grade. nonstop. Mm-hmm. never like got fired from a job. Nothing like that. I was that guy. When I worked the job, I worked. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I gave him I gave him all I could um, except Home Depot. But like <laughs> that's the one I know you for. But wait, but you were at Home Depot for years. For nine years. So like yeah. year year one through, I would say five or so. Like I worked my ass off for them. Like anytime they needed me to stay overtime, overnight, because we had like a walk the next day, you know, mm-hmm. corporate walk or whatever. I put in that, I put in that work for them. And then you realize that these jobs don't the people there and the jobs, they don't really care about you. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. They don't disguise that. I they think they used to, but they yeah. don't disguise it anymore. People at that job that I know have died. Multiple people have died. Like, not on, not on, like, not on, okay. like, at work, but, like, you know, the, you know they, they got hit by a car. Some people died. I think some mm-hmm. died from, like, an asthma attack or something like that. And they're just like, hey, man, so-and-so passed away. Could you um cover their shift? Um, and it's just like, this is a fucking human, bro. Like mm-hmm. this is a person. What do you mean cover their shift? Fuck their shift. Like, are you are you kidding me? Yeah, and the manager's like, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. The shift though. Like, I know you're thinking about the person, but I have to think about the shift. Yeah, and and they're probably like, well, this is how it has to be. We have to kind of be robots with that. But I'm not. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I was like, I can't be that person. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't work at a job like this because it's like. To me, I, I hold people in a special regard, even though we're we're, we're shitty at a lot of times. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I still under I still respect the human's life. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. So it's going to be switching up the gears a little bit. But I wanted to talk to you about like you're like a relationship guy now. <laughs> when I met you, you weren't a relationship guy. I don't know like how you want. I want I'll tell people, but like you would talk openly about like the amount of porn that you would w- watch was excessive. <laughs> I don't know if it still is. Uh, no, and then you not, moved not. into a relationship guy and I was like, hmm. How did I this mean, transition happen? Did he just happen to meet the right girl? What, 
what happened? Yeah, it was one of those things like I was tired, bro. Like single life sucks. Oh, shit. dude, when you yeah. watch enough porn, you get tired for sure. It, it wasn't even just that. <laughs> like, even dating, like dating different people was exhausting. And I think I kind of went through somewhat of like a spiritual journey. I don't, I, that's what I kind of hmm. feel like. And I was just like, man, I feel like every time I go out with a woman or even every time we, like, you know, we have sex or whatever like that, like that, I was like losing a piece of myself. That's what it felt like. It literally, it literally, literally was like I'm losing a piece of myself every time I'm having sex with somebody that I don't have real feelings for. Mm. One, that's just that's just crazy. But two, that's messed up even for her because she might actually some of them did have feelings. Yeah, and, you know, I kept it honest. I wasn't like lying to them about the situation, but it was just like, man, like the lady that I'm with, it was, we literally just matched up at the perfect times for each other. Like when we both were like, we both met and I, you know, I don't know if she was talking, she said she really wasn't talking to a lot, like a lot of guys like that, but I had, I had a little bit of a roster. Mm-hmm. And I, there you go. And I, and I met her and I was just like, yo, like, I like this person. Like I like mm-hmm. being around her. I like her presence and not even on some, like, we got to go somewhere. Just like, let's just kick it at the crib and, Netflix mm-hmm. chill and actually chill. It's not even about like sex. It was just like let's just I just like being around your energy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For sure. So, like I have a tough time with the idea of I'm, I think of it as like transactional, even though that makes it sound like prostitute. But it is like emotionally transactional where there's like no emotion involved. Mm-hmm. I'm just like no, no, no. There's too much emotion at stake to not put emotion on the table when it happens. Well, yeah, I think the older that I, because when I was younger, I can easily, this this was easy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mattered. I can I can take my emotion easily out of it. And then, mm-hmm. like I said, when I, was, I think I was going through kind of like that journey. What age were you? I would say like around 27 or so. Okay. It started, it's when it kind of started, 26, 27, it kind of started. And then it went hard for, it went hard for, for, for like from then until like around 30. Yeah. And I'm yeah, I would say that happened to me in my early 30s. It was like when that there was a shift. There was a shift in recognizing the amount of responsibility there was in having sex with another person. Yeah, and a lot of times, as, as you know, how I grew up, you know, I think you've heard some stories about my dad. My dad was like, hey, man, you smash these women, man. Get it in. Get out of there. You know, get what you can get. You know what I'm saying? Get every flavor. Mm-hmm. And, you know... That's how it was looked at. And, 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 and in some occasions, you know, I did have relationships in between there, but, you know, it got to a point where I, it, was, it was emotionally exhausting just being like, man, like different people. And who, now who are you talking to? I know it's another girl calling you and it would be. Yeah. So it was emotionally draining at times. I get that. And like, I have a friend growing up that was like your dad, where it was just like about like as much as I can get, as often as I can get it. Mm. But then like, I lived with them for a while and I was like, no, man, you like to cuddle. It's cool. It's cool that you like to cuddle. It's fine. Like, I'm that guy. I like to. I'm that yeah, exactly. Me too. I'm like, yeah. I like relationships. I like going on dates. I like going on dates with a person repeatedly and building. Yeah. Like, the one of the best things about even like being in this relationship with the, like, with the lady that I'm with it's just the conversations we have. Like, we just have sometimes just having a deep ass conversation mm-hmm. and she's intellectual. It's like I'm not dealing yeah. with somebody that's like, you know, she's very she's educated and in, in, in all facets. So it's like, yeah, 
having these, I can have a deep conversation. I can have a silly conversation. I can have a fun conversation. I can have a conversation about sports. Now I feel bad because I think I've met her like six times and it's always like at a party or like we see a movie. So it's a little bit of, Hey, how are you doing? And then after the movie, like, that was a good movie. And that's like the extent of like the depth I've gotten out of talking to your girlfriend, which is selling her short. Well, also too, she's going to, she's probably going to be, she's a very quiet person mm-hmm. until she is very, very comfortable with you. So like, mm-hmm. you know, with Clayton, she worked with Clayton and Tange a lot. You know, she was writing on a, a show that they were like on. Oh, I didn't know she wrote, wrote on the show. Family Time, right? Or- yeah, I think it was Family Time or In the Cut, one of them. Or both. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, so she but, just works for Bounce? Yeah, she was She was working in, she was working at, at Harvest Studios. Okay. All right. There we go. That makes sense. Yeah. And so when she was working over there, you know, that's how she got cool with them. And, you know, that's how we, I mean, I've always, I've known Clayton for years, Clayton and Tange for years. But then, to be honest, we got closer because of her. And like mm-hmm. they got cool with her, and then we was like, "All right, let's do date nights. Let's do movie nights." Oh, wait, no. When you met her, was th- through them, or was it just like you happened to meet her and say, "Oh, I work, I work on this show," and like you're like, "Oh, cool, my friends are on that show." No, no, no. Um, I met her beforehand. Like I met her kind of like when she first got out here, mm-hmm. and I actually knew, you know, Chad. You know, Chad Rogers. I don't. No, wait, I do. I've done shows with him. Yeah, so Chaz, he's 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 one of the main writers on the on with and at Harvard Studios. Okay, cool. And so he's like a good friend of mine. I've known Chaz like since I started doing stand-up comedy. Um, and my lady was a writer, so um, you know, I was just like, hey man, is it cool? She comes down to the studio type thing and she kind of just, you know, got away in there. She kept going and then, you know, she earned her spot. She made in there, paid her dues writing wise for free, you know, just doing what you had to do. Yeah. And then, you know, they eventually they respected it and got her right, start paying her. You know what I'm saying? So, so like on some intern type turns and stuff. And then they pretty much hired her after that. That's great. Yeah, I had no idea that she was also connected into your circle in like another side way. Yeah, I mean, I met her through I did a show and then this girl that came to the show was cool with her and was just like, hey, her and I would go back and forth on social media. And she was like, hey, I got a girl that I think would be really dope for you. I think you guys match mm-hmm. really well. And then we, we, we linked, we linked that way. How fast did you know, like, this is working? Was it immediate? The first actual date. Yeah. The first, like we, the first thing I did was I FaceTimed her. So, uh, <sighs> bold. Yeah. Like I got her information. I saw, she put like a J Cole quote on one of her pictures. I was like, Oh, she's like J Cole. So that's my end mm-hmm. right there. And then I, I, I got her number. I FaceTimed her and we talked like three hours. Oh shit. And I was like, oh, she's cool. And then we went yeah. on a we went on a beach date. And, and we went on a, we we on that date for like five hours. We got something to eat, sit on a beach, and we literally talked for like another four hours on the beach. That's and when I, you know the date's good. Yeah, and I was like, this is a, a lot of hours of talking. <laughs> this is like seven <laughs> hours of talking. <laughs> and I was just like, dog, like she i felt like she just she was the perfect kind of yin to my yang type thing like i'm more of i guess a high energy at times person like i'm probably even more outgoing where she's kind of like a lot she's very very mellow you know it would take a lot for her to get to a a a certain type of energy it would take a lot there so she's very kind of just like you know uh, you know how comedians we're like the the wild card the you know, we don't write, we don't end up write shit down. I'm not like a, a schedule person. She's like, all right, here's a schedule. Put your schedule here. It's funny. I'm and a schedule person. You're like, it's comedians. I'm like, no, I just think it's people. Well, not, yeah, not all comedians, of course. Yeah. But I'm one of those comedians that's like, even with jokes, like I don't, like I write, 
but I mostly do uh, voice notes. And I write, mm. I write, I might write premises and punchlines down, but then I always try to like say the joke how I want to say it in my voice note. I have to physically write it down. That's tough for me, man. I have to do that. And then I have to, once I do that and know where it is, how it lies, why I think it works, then I throw my actual verbiage into it. Man, it's it's so crazy to see people's different writing process. And I know, he, like I, I picked Tony's brain about it once where I was just like, how do you write? Cause like, I don't think like he does. And like, so I don't put those sort of like the way he's able to bring in scenarios and catchphrases and jokes all together and have them play with each other. Yeah. I'm like, you're able to have this full play within your bit that I've never been able to quite figure out. Yeah, I feel like Tony, do you watch Dragon Ball Z at all? I was actually going to talk to you about Dragon Ball Z next, and no. <laughs> <laughs> Dragon Ball, Go, I mean, Tony to me is Goku on Ultra Instinct. Like, Okay. I don't know if you know. I what actually it. know that reference, though, so that worked. Okay, perfect. So, like, he's, like, always in, like, he's not always on in the sense of, like, damn, like, turn it off, bro. You're always in comedy mode. Mm -hmm. But it's just, like, his natural cadence and stage presence is his regular life too yeah so when he's when he's freestyling because i think he, to me he's one of the best freestyling comedians in the game that's just him like i can be having yeah. a conversation with him in the car we can be driving to a show and we can be talking about something brand new he can go on stage and damn near regurgitate that same shit perfectly mm -hmm. or even funnier and he wasn't writing any of this down we were just talking in the car that's what he was telling me, like how he doesn't write it down and just kind of feels it out. And I was like, oh, I could just never. Tony and I are just two separate animals. And the only thing I've seen that's similar to Tony at all in this way is uh, Dana Carvey. Like I've talked to him off stage and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's something about the way Dana Carvey's brain works and how he works in these rhythms and how he works. And like he finds a scenario to play with the rhythms and the character and everything. Yeah. And like the only other person, I can just compare those two to each other. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad I have a. I'm glad I kind of have a combination of both because I I'll forget something. So at least what I do is I at least I will write like the idea down at least. Mm -hmm. And then for me, the reason why I, don't, I can't write a whole joke out like like word for word, I feel like my brain is thinking too fast. It's thinking faster than I can write. So it's like I'm I'm thinking of the funny stuff, but I'm still on pre on a previous like three sentences. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't. I'm not gonna. I can't. My brain. And so that's why I just like it's easier for me to just voice note it. That's why I have to handwrite it is because I get bored in the middle of doing that. And so the joke will show up before the sentence ends because I get bored with what I'm writing as I'm writing it. Yeah. And so I got to throw a spice into it to like keep me interested at all. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that everybody's way works for them. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. The like, process is like it took me a while to get here. I was I was the index car guy at first, you know. When I first started counting, yeah, them first three years, yeah, I had a stack of index cards, and I'll go through my stuff, boom, boom. I did too. Own. Yeah, I did exactly that, and like people made fun of me for that too. For but you're like whatever, like I'm learning this stuff, right? I remember yeah, even but, just being like, I'm learning how to write still. You know, like I'm not pretending like I have this figured out. Well, yeah, and even writing because I was just like I remember reading like there was like you got to read the comedy bible. That's like the, the thing you have to read as a comedian, right? I hate read that book. Yeah, <laughs> it, that's, that was the same way, and I had nothing against her, but it was like no, nothing against Judy Carter. Yeah, but I was just like, this is not how, this is not how I do things. 
it's not how my brain works. It's not how I'm, where I'm, I'm, I'm the funniest. I read it out of jealousy because Liz Shahadi started reading it. And then all of a sudden she was coming up with all these new jokes and premises and bits faster than I was. <laughs> and I was like, if this book's teaching you how to do that, then I'm doing this too. And I'm getting all these new jokes and bits and things. Yeah. Like it was just purely out of that. I wonder <laughs> if she could write the podcast Bible. I would read the podcast Bible by Judy Carter. Or, I mean, you have to read the podcast Bible probably by Joe Rogan because he's the, <laughs> the podcast guy. Yeah, but I wouldn't want one that's like his. I don't want a podcast like Joe Rogan. What do you mean? Like, you know, a, a, like an interview type question type thing or like, or what do you mean? Well, three hours first off, no. I don't want to spend three hours with almost anyone. If I yeah. spend three hours with somebody, I love, it. you know, like there's no <laughs> middle ground. I'm it's- not... I'm not doing that because I'm like, this sounds like an interesting guest. Let's see if I can lock them in the basement for as long as I can. But yeah, those are the guests that he has. He has like, fucking like oh, it's it's perfect it. for what he does. I yeah. just don't want to do it. I get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I have an anime podcast, and I'm like, all right, after an hour twenty, let's get out of here, bro. Like, <laughs> I started a, a Disney one where I was going through all the Disney movies, mm-hmm. but it gets once it becomes a chore, which it did after ten weeks. You're like, this isn't fun. I'm not going to have a good review over 101 Dalmatians because I'm mad that I have to watch it. Right. Well, do you, why don't you, you you wasn't just trying to watch Disney movies that you loved first? I wanted to watch them all. I wanted to watch them all and have it with adult eyes. Because, you know, you're like, you're watching Snow White and you're like, this is kind of college rapey, bro. Like, this isn't a good movie. This movie's so super weird on so many terms, you know, like where it's like, the dwarfs are watching her sleep and then like she wakes up and they, they're like, oh, I guess we're friends. You're like, nope, that's not a regular interaction. No. You know, like, and then it's like, then she falls asleep and the dwarfs are just staring and a guy shows up and kisses her and the dwarfs are like, that's cool. And you're like, that's not a regular one either. You know, yeah. like, so it was like that kind of stuff. You're like, no, I wanted to look at it with those kind of eyes. But turns out after a couple, I was like, I just want to enjoy Disney again. I don't want this to be a homework assignment. Yeah, I mean, I would say, too, I would say the guys that I do the podcast with, it helps keep it fresh, too. Mm-hmm. If I was probably doing this on my own, I don't know how consistent I would have been. Yeah. Um, it, it's tough. It's tough. You gotta well, let, me, let me ask you, so how do you keep it fresh? You, I mean, it's got to be like an assignment sometimes. Is your anime podcast, it's strictly about Dragon Ball Z, isn't it? No, 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 no. It's about oh. anime in general. So we started off doing, like, random topics, right? Just, mm-hmm. like, what, what was your feeling about Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, uh, Demon Slayer, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then we started actually reviewing anime, like full seasons of anime. Mm-hmm. So that's a that, lot. Yeah, that started to kind of feel like a, a very assignment type thing. We did that for probably like a year, maybe a year and some change. And then we went back to the original format, but with little extras on it. Like we'll have like extra questions or like, Fun little parts for it to make it fun, to make it funny, or whatever the case may be, and little tangents here and there. But so, sure. we're back to like, kind of just like uh, idea basis. So, like, all right, what did you think of these? Who's your who, who's your favorite villain? And we'll go through, and then we, now we're arguing, man. Fuck that dude. He's a he's a terrible villain. <laughs> Why my villain will beat your villain's ass? Type shit. So it That's made it funny. fun. Now. We can actually argue. It made it you know, yeah, interactive, more interactive. Was well, like, remember how I used to have that sports podcast? Yeah, yeah. My favorite episode was we didn't have a guest, so I didn't know what to do. And Michael Tamont and I just got on the microphones and argued who our top five 
ugliest quarterbacks in the NFL are and top five prettiest. <laughs> and so we just argued about their looks. That's you know, and all honestly, it was great. Yeah, that's amazing. That's probably one of the probably one of the funnier episodes. Like, I mean, you can go through NBA players, Popeye Jones out there, one of the ugly oh, exactly. players. Oh yeah, because you can think of them and like, but it was weird because like I thought Aaron Rodgers was ugly. You know, like I thought he was an ugly man. I think he's got a big ugly nose. You know, like it doesn't matter that he plays for the team I root against. And Michael team up was like, no, you're wrong. He's actually like really good looking, like super good looking. Like it's weird that you would even list his name here. And you know, like it was years ago, so it was before he dated like movie star after movie star. Yeah. And I had to ask other people. I'm like, is Aaron Rodgers attractive? And everyone was like, yes. Like I was an idiot. You asked. That's when I learned I was an idiot. What's that? You asked women like, hey, is this guy yeah. attractive? Yeah, because like you know, I got like friends like Kim Crawl, who's a woman that watches football, so I don't have to like, hey, look at this picture. You know, I'm like, just text her like, hey, is Aaron Rodgers attractive? And she's like, yes, very. And you're like, all right, guess I'm wrong. Well, some of it, too, is like some of these guys, when it comes to athletes, too, if you're somebody like Aaron Rodgers, he's so damn good, that can also make you more attractive, too. So it's like... That, I think that comes into play. You got to... You have to accept that. That it's like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Talent definitely helps. Yeah, you look at some comedians. Some comedians are out here, they're hideous, but their their wives are amazing looking. You know what I'm Why saying? Why do you think I'm in comedy? <laughs> <What? That's, laughs> hey, that's, Why do you have in comedy? Like, I remember... Every time I date a girl, people who know me like in regular ways, like through work or whatnot, are like, I can't believe you're dating this girl. She's way prettier than me. I'm like, yeah, because I figured out a way that I can work towards my actual, what is it, like a marketable parts. You know, like if I do well on stage, I'm more likely to get a prettier girl than I could if I was just to say, hey, how you doing at a bar? I'm 5'3". I got to get, I have a hurdle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, but also they, you're right. When they see us on stage, it's like they see us. They see ambition. They see control too. They see somebody that's taking control. Especially if you, if you have a great set, like it's mm-hmm. like this person is a leader. They took control of this crowd, led this crowd. Yeah, all they wanted to do. So even if they might not see, they might not see a whole bunch of physical traits in us at times. They're like, well, the main traits that I want in a man, he's showing them right now on stage. Yeah, even exactly that. And he's making you laugh like every 15 seconds. Exactly. So it's just like now you get this funny person. And I know for you know, women look at visual also, but, you know, we're more like, yo. Not the ones fine. that date me. Yeah. You say what? Not the ones that date me. Trust. You know, like they're not looking. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're looking at you. There's something about you that they they do find attractive. Yeah. Like that. You no, might, that's true. You know, I know we joke around and be like, eh, you know, I'm not that handsome or whatever. But it's just like. There's certain things women like women like that salt and pepper look too. I didn't know that was a thing, but women love like the the gray, black, salt and pepper. I I, I was like, what? They were like, that's a man. That is yeah. a damn man to me. I was just mm-hmm. like, what? I got oh, like, dude. Yeah. You don't think I don't know that? That's why I'm, I'm growing my hair up. <laughs> I'm like, my hair is getting all salt and peppery. I'm going to use this in my favor. Of course I am. <laughs> George Clooney was a man for years with the salt and pepper, bro. Yeah. I know. Dude, that was, like, I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm getting grayer and in such a great way, like Steve Martin style. The face right. isn't getting gray before the hair is. Perfect. That's what I want. But you also don't look like, you don't even look, even though you're, you're getting the grays and the beard and the hair, you still look, like, younger, too, at the same time. It's like a weird. I know. It's weird. Yeah. 
it looks like I'm doing it on purpose. You said what? Yeah. It looks like I'm doing it on purpose. Like I'm parodying something. (laughs) (laughs) I look like a custom action figure, you know? (laughs) Someone just painted little parts and like left the rest just kind of regular. Wait, I wanted to ask you a couple anime things. Go for it. Because anime is super important to you. Yes. At what age were you like, anime is my thing? And what anime was it that got you there? And when were you like, I fucking love anime? It was definitely Dragon Ball Z, but it happened earlier than probably most because out here um, in L.A., there was a, a station called KCAL 9, which the Lakers used to play on. And on Saturdays, it would come on. It wasn't on Cartoon Network yet. Cartoon, mm-hmm. It came on Toonami and stuff like years later. So I would, my brother and I would catch it and I was like, what is this? It's like, it looks different. It's action. Like they're fighting fast. Like, you know, we mm-hmm. had turtles. It was like psh, psh, very slow hits. The animation wasn't, the animations were a lot more choppy. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So Dragon Ball Z definitely did it. And then I had a, a neighbor that, um, you know, that just had the hookup on like stuff overseas. Like they would get like, the, they can get the tapes and the VHSs from mm-hmm. over there that we didn't have here yet. And it'll just let me borrow them. My brother was that guy in the neighborhood, by the way. My brother was super in anime. Yeah. And so him and his friends would get together and they would order them from Japan and it would take months to get back to us. Yeah. But they would also like combine it since they were just kids. They'd be like, I get volume one. I get, you get volume two, you get volume three. And then they get together on the weekends and watch all of them. Yeah. And then, and then they knew how to also like navigate this, I guess, uh, torrent site. Mm-hmm. And it was like you was able to like download movies. It was like nice. my brother. This is all pre-torrent for my brother, and then Laserdisc became a thing, and then torrent. Yeah. Oh, okay. See. Yeah. 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 Then he. Yeah. He was waiting a minute. Then if it was. Like, yeah. Like, Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z came out with I think eighties, early early nineties. I caught on Dragon Ball Z probably like 94, 93, mm-hmm. 94, something like that. I forgot what it was. That's when my brother got into, but he started with uh, Ranma one half. And then worked his way into other things from there. Like, that was just, like, our starting point. Yeah. And you never got into it? I mean, I would watch it with them. And I've seen, like, some of, like, the bigger movies. You know, like, you can't not see the big movies. Yeah. Because it's just, like, all the other stuff. I never got into Dragon Ball Z because the world of Dragon Ball Z was too vast by the time I discovered what it was. Mm. And I was like, well, I'm not going to figure out what these different words mean and these different titles, but they're the same characters. It just was too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty much, I feel like, the starter-type anime for a lot of people anyways, but mm-hmm. um, like I feel like now it's easy, more easily digestible than it was probably back then because it's like this... They, they of course. Cut down, they cut down the episodes and they made it easier for you to watch, you know, to binge watch, whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, it seems like if you're younger than us, it's Pokemon. If you're older than... Or, like, our age or older, it's Dragon Ball Z. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, right. I mean, I, I caught that that I caught that beginning, and I caught I got to Pokemon at that age where I was like, I feel like late middle school, early high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I had my little Game Boy Color and shit, and I <laughs> play like Pokemon and Golden Sun were two reasons I almost didn't graduate high school because I was playing <laughs> so much, bro. Now, first off, those games don't those don't even count as watching anime. That's just a good game. Those games are classic games. Absolutely. Which is why I'm going to ask you, if you were a Pokemon, which Pokemon would you be? Yeah, what Pokemon would I be? Yeah. 
It's, it's, I feel like it's an easy. It's I can't easy. believe you haven't thought about this, but I haven't. Um, I've I'm always, like, oh, I'm Snorax for sure. So I was like, I, I know, I just know. I mean, I always love Charizard. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I like Charmander. Like Charmander was always my dude. I like, like Charmander more than Charizard, but I feel like that's too egotistical of me to be like, oh yeah, I'm Charmander for sure. For sure, I'm my favorite Pokemon. Like, I'm not my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I love both of them, Charmander and Charizard. Like, I like, I like Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Pikachu was dope. He's a rider. Like, he took no shit. Or I don't know if Pikachu's a he or she, but um, they was out there, like, <laughs> wasn't mm-hmm. all, all, all the smoke with everybody. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. why I love Pikachu also. But I would say, say Charizard, I guess. All right. So you're the most expensive of all the cards. I didn't know he was, like, that cracking like that when it came to like the car, like getting like a char, like a holographic Charizard or whatever is like bread, like money. It's like a million dollars. It can't that be that first. That first edition, if it's you- graded and it's graded well, and it's that first hologram, you're actually talking like five six million. Are you serious? Yep. That's why Logan Paul wore it as a necklace. When he wore it as a necklace to his uh, boxing match, I just laughed because I was like, that's the most expensive necklace I've ever seen, and it's stupid. So I didn't even – I saw it, but I didn't realize that that was why, and it was that mm-hmm. – it was priced like that. It's because it's that expensive. Now, the reason it's that expensive is because we all played with them. So if we got them graded, we're not going to get a 10 the way his necklace was a 10. So it's a $6 million card. If it's graded a 9.5 – then we're looking at a hundred thousand, you know, like, but because people played with them, if they got it graded, they're looking at a two, they're looking at a three. So no one really preserved it well. Wow. Yeah. Damn. And that's this is why people, I guess, don't like him. He just wore it around his neck. I don't have a real, a real yeah, exactly. Like that, but like, he just wore it around <laughs> to a boxing match. He's like, oh yeah, yes, yes, I will bleed on this and sweat on this. Yeah. Who cares? Smart business, man, at the end of the day. Yeah, imagine having Michael Jordan's shoes from his rookie year, and they're the band, like everything, right? And then you put them on and wear them to your boxing match. It's the same price. I mean, sure, where you had Michael Jordan's rookie card. His rookie card at one point, like his brand, like I think it was the upper deck rookie card, was like, I don't know what it's at now, but I feel like at one point it was like at least 30 yeah, I guess not as much as those, but like 30,000, 40,000 at one point. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten up to 60, 70. They're the Fleer, by the way. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about, but it's like, yeah, but that's it. It's just like, so imagine that even Michael Jordan's rookie card at its best is not what a Charizard is at its best. But here's why it makes impactful, sense. Man? Who was more impactful, dog? But that's why it's because we immediately knew when Michael Jordan hit that he was a phenomenon and we're not going to see another one. So everyone took care of their Michael Jordan card. <laughs> we had no idea Charizard was going to be impactful for many years. What about see, Bulbasaur and, and, and Squirtle and, and Pikachu? They can't all be number one. They can't all be number one. Mew? Yeah, exactly. Baker.
love him. I think he's a very underrated comic, which always sounds like a bad thing to say because it sounds like I'm like, like it, like I'm talking down about it, and like, but he's he's established. He's doing great. I think he's better than that. I uh, like you know, like I think, I just think he should be like headlining places. Is that should I have said that instead? Let me try that again. Keenan Baker should be headlining places. You know, like underrated comic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can check out his Instagram at Keenan Baker, spelled out just just his name, K E E N A N B A K E R. You can uh, also check him out on Amazon Prime. He was on Tony Baker and Friends. It's a stand up special that's great. And his anime podcast that he mentioned is called Anime Shun Podcast. So that's Anime S H U N for Shun Podcast. Check him out. He does this great thing. Like, I actually do think he's a great instagram follow and he's been doing a thing all summer called the ant bay summer where he's just choosing fine women in their 40s and showing pictures of them and then <laughs> when he gets to the every picture gets a him going she it's great i just did the whole bit and i'm sorry keenan and friends who are listening to this i find it great i want more people to see it in fact i'll repost a couple um after this episode comes out which is great. And then, let me look up the Instagram. I have Ian Donovan Highland next week. Which, if you saw Spanglish, he was the kid in Spanglish. And we talk a little bit about that. And we talk about being a child actor. We talk about what, you know, how to be, go from a child actor to a normal human adult. Because he's a very functional human being, which is not... What people think about child actors. No one makes that assumption. They make the assumption that they just grow up to only be broken. And he's not. He's a functional human. And so I like that about him. And we talk about that. And so we got that to look forward to next week. You also have me to look forward to the whole time. By the way, I'm uh, tested negative for COVID now. So now I'm back out there doing things again. So book me on your shows. You know, Book me on your podcast. At Aaron M. Marsh on everything. You can uh, check out the stickers, the pens. You can find me at work again. I'm doing all of the normal post-COVID things. I went back to post-COVID world. And it is, so far, pretty good. You know? The very first thing I did as soon as I tested negative is I went to uh, a cafe and ordered crepes. I really missed getting crepes. And I had to figure out, I was like, do I want crepes or do I want uh, waffles? You know? Like, it was it was tough. It was tough to come back to the regular world and have to choose only one breakfast. I wanted to get both. Whatever. That's where I'm at. So, guys, thank you very much for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Yeah, new episode. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, I find a place in this world I'll never be long I've got to be me I gotta be me